What's up, family? Welcome back to the Stop Sinking Show, where we go from struggle to flow. When you see something in the world, in someone else, that is contradictory to how you are or how you see things, and dare I say it, how things should be if you want to have a moral conversation, what do you do? Are you silent and live and let live? Or do you express your opinion in an attempt to change their mind or future behavior or influence it in some way? And I'm not going to go into the tactics of influence and persuasion, but depending on your personality type, how you deal with this scenario and how near and dear the topic is to your heart, you might fall on one side or another. You might really try to convince somebody if you are passionate about it, or you might just say it's not worth it. And I'm not here to tell you what the right approach is. The listening party and your rapport and relationship equity with them has a lot to do with whether first to even have the conversation and then whether it might or might not even have an effect. Maybe it's a waste of time. Maybe it's a waste of energy. Or maybe it's completely worthwhile and might cause ripple effects for everyone else they interact with in the future. Or maybe you're just giving unsolicited advice and causing more resentments and harm than good. How do you figure out what's the right approach? Again, I don't think there's an easy answer to this. It's situational at best. But I do like to extract principles that guide me while remaining flexible and present to what information is being provided in each conversation and its temperament, the way it's going. For the most part, I tend to waste my time because my personality doesn't allow me to stay silent on most things. It's like an internal itch to dance with the devil. Some things are better left unsaid, which I generally realize right after I have said them. And I don't know why I'm like this. And part of me doesn't want to change it either because one out of every thousand conversations end up being the one that makes up for all the wasted ones. And how would I have ever come across those? Maybe at even a .001 conversion rate, I'm happy. But while many times it's still not worth the energy, sometimes I feel like I have a moral obligation to say something. Other times it's purely selfish to minimize my own future regret because if I could have saved somebody from drowning and did it, I will blame myself. But if I at least tried and they didn't take heed, then I can at least say to myself that I tried. Again, there's no right answer here. There are some fundamental things, though, I like to ask myself before I speak on a topic. Do I have any knowledge on this topic? If so, how deep is that knowledge? Do I have any experience with this topic, personal or perceived? Have I spent time challenging my own reasoning by educating myself on the opposite thinking? what people think on the other side. Am I the right person to even speak about this topic? Do I have any evidence as to why they should listen to me? And do I actually live what I am saying myself? Now these questions escalate in degrees that lead to more and more credibility and authority and more likely to have a desirable outcome. Still though, 99.9% of people will not listen. And if they listen, they will probably not apply what it is that you are suggesting which can be disheartening. If you're a coach, a consultant, friend, or counselor, and you care at all about what you believe in and the person on the other side, then you will find it hard to accept this ratio of effort to 
result if you attempt to change or mold people. And sometimes, oftentimes, I've seen this lead people to feeling burnt out and accepting defeat altogether. All of those people who you couldn't convince end up making you quit on the ones in the future that might. And I can never see that as an appropriate and acceptable option. See, if you're in the rare group of people who do not impose your beliefs, but are willing to put in the work to live it, and then maybe voice it when appropriate, and if you're like me who don't feel satisfied unless you do, then just understand that you are signing up for a gargantuan task. It's not for the weak of heart, because you will face a lot of frustration. You will face disappointment, especially if you don't know how to curb your own expectations. If you share what you believe with some hope for a change, you will set yourself up for a lot of challenging times where you ask yourself if it's even worth the effort. So what's the right approach? Rather, I think it is a right state of mind, a right state of being. If you are called to do work where you will constantly meet opposition, even as a salesperson, your entire job is to help people get out of their own way of the way that they do things and decide to make a change. Sales is as altruistic of a profession as I can imagine. And of course, there's a bunch of bad actors. When you think of salespeople, that's altruism is probably not what you think of and it gets a bad rap, but that's not the point of sales. Salespeople change lives when they are aligned with the right products and do it with the right spirit. So what do you need so you can be able to do this kind of work? Mental stability and a lot of faith. Now in a world where wars happen because people impose their beliefs onto another through black and white thinking, I am by no means suggesting that you go to war with your words or otherwise in order to get people to see things how you see them. But there are some noble causes worth debating no matter how difficult or contentious the conversations can get. There's nothing noble about silence when it comes to topics that need it discourse. The problem again comes back down to your own expectations and how much of an effect it has on your own level of frustration. And in my conversation with a friend who is passionate about such topics, he himself admittedly has found himself giving up on trying to convince people of what he believes, even though it is a very noble cause. Why? Because of the opposition and their inability or willingness to understand or to even be open enough to listen. And because he was not able to divorce his own effort from the expectation of being able to convert the listening party, he eventually gave up his efforts expended and now has accepted things to be the way that they are. And to me, that is a grave loss because those people that don't listen should not be able to affect your energy in eventually reaching those people that will. But his own frustration and inability to detach from the emotion affected the stability of his mindset and caused him to give up altogether. And here's where you have to, like a marketer, expect to play a percentage game. You cannot convert 100% of people you reach with your message. And in some scenarios, even a 2% conversion rate can make you highly successful. 2% of people can be a majority if the message is loud enough and powerful enough and can make up for that 98% who proceed in inaction. The reality is we cannot change anyone. 
it is hard enough to change yourself. And so most things in life are caught, not taught. So the real wins actually happen by osmosis. The influence you have through your own actions and ways of being reaches way further than words can. People remember how you make them feel more than what you told them. Language is only poor translation for what is tacit and lived. Ultimately, you decide. If what you believe is powerful enough to be worth your effort, and you believe that it would do greater good if those ideas spread, then how you tow that line between your own frustration and your own continued focus on that topic will determine the success rates. Still, still, I tell you, you will never reach 100% of people. But again, if you maintain mental stability and faith, who you will reach are waiting for you to reach them. So don't give up now. Love you, family. Stay true always. See you on the next show.